right. Hey, there's no more banjo, but this is still Joe. And I'm still Brandon. You're still listening to 90% Nothing, where we apparently are going to bullshit our way to a false sense of enlightenment. And we're going to see if we can help guide some other people along this train of bullshit. Yeah. Maybe our bullshit can be of service to others. Seems like a lot of other people's bullshit is of Uh, service. I mean, if Joe Rogan can make a podcast, anybody can make a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I guess we should probably pull up a topic. So uh, we're probably going to read you some stuff. Listeners, friends, all over the planet, or just not anybody, because nobody's listening to this yet. Uh, But yeah, we're going to typically probably read something or share something we're reading, and uh, maybe we'll have some insights, and maybe I'll just confuse, babble at it. Who knows? But hopefully it'll be fun to listen to. Hopefully it'll be entertaining. And maybe maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll get a new experience with your, your thing that you call God or not God. Because sometimes people don't call it God. Um, so enough of that ramble. We're, I'm, I, I'm writing a book right now. And the name of the book is... The working title is Sickness Unto Death. Because I realized that the main character... And this is semi-autobiographical, I'll own that. He's he's kind of having a quarter-life crisis slash nervous breakdown. He's going to try to run his life really well, and he's just going to run it into the ground real hard. It's going to be great. It's going to be like the end of Fight Club when all the buildings collapse, and you're like, man, that's cool. But everything's been annihilated. And... The title of the book comes from Soren Kierkegaard's book, Sickness Unto Death, right? The whole premise of Sickness Unto Death is that despair is this... I Despair comes from the idea of who I am. I'm like constantly... The modern man or woman is constantly comparing themselves to the idea they have about themselves and in abstracting themselves they cause themselves this despair that crushes their soul and they can't get free right and of course Kierkegaard's a Christian so Kierkegaard's answer is Jesus and like I don't I mean I'm not opposed to Jesus I just don't I don't know if I'm as like pro-Jesus as Kierkegaard was but I think there is something to say about how we have become, as a, a culture, so attached to our identities, right? <clears throat> Let me spend half of my week curating my imaginary self on social media just so that I can want to, like, lay in bed all day and not go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, everything is just so attached to what an image is at this point. It doesn't matter what the content of something is in modern society, and it's all just about what you can put on for a show. Yeah, and so Kierkegaard would call that the sickness unto death. Um, A sickness that'll spiritually kill somebody. And, uh... 
And I've experienced that, man. Like, I think that that's why I have books that I would rather write, but this is the book that has to be written because it's the book that I've been writing since I was 16. Been writing different variations of the same fucking story for 20 years, dude. And it's like... I mean, it's a little cathartic. It's a way of, like, putting it to bed. It's like... It's like burying the old idea for the final time, you know? Um, I think... I think, ironically, it's a way of bringing the idea back again for one final time. Yeah, this is true. And I think that that's just part of life, and that's part of this dance that we so often love to talk about, of how things... It's just a, trying to find a balance, and it always ebbs and flows. I concur. Yeah, that didn't take 20 minutes at all. That took all of, like, four and a half. Yeah. But what's uh, what's been rattling around in your dome this week? So, so this week, or um, probably two weeks, I have been reading a book called The Oracle. It is by... Georgia Savas. Um, it is a book about bibliomancy. It, it, it is bibliomancy. Ta- yes. What in the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, I didn't know it until I started reading this book. It's a way of foretelling the future using biblical prophecy and. Okay. Um, Basically, using, like, the book of Revelations or the book of Daniel and trying to line it up in ways that we can understand things happening in our timeline to try and just get an understanding of where we're at. Though though we'll never know exactly what's going on and what the time currently is, it can help us to, to... really at least get the the gears moving in our head um, about just what God's plan is for everything. I'm not going to lie. When you said bibliomancy, I thought to my, and you defined it, I thought to myself, like, so basically this book is about how to start a cult. Yes. Nice. No, but yes. Okay. <laughs> it's all this fine line. And that's part of what I would like to talk about is I'm not going to recommend people go out and read this book, okay? Okay. It's something that needs to be taken with a grain of salt, like all yeah, things. That's fair. Um, Let's repeat that, listeners. Probably shouldn't read this book. Unless you're really good at taking things with a grain of salt and, and, and looking at it from the big picture of, you know, so this is written, it even says at the beginning that this book is written in in like a first-person perspective as a narrative of something that I mean basically it's saying it's not true but it is true and it's it's really I think we all lost you you should at least give us the basic plot line that and nobody's gonna read the book you're not gonna spoil it right so so this book <laughs> it, it goes through and and it's the writer is talking basically about essentially a fictional character that has this um, encounter with an oracle. 
because he's been having these dreams about things that have happening and it's these dreams are repeating which is a common biblical theme of, of repeating dreams means um god is trying to talk to you in some way okay and so where i'm at in the book what i what i've gathered from it up until this point is it talks about in 1967 or 1867 mark twain traveled to europe uh traveled to israel and wrote some wrote a poem about um, just how the land was desolate, and it, it it goes back to a reference in Daniel being. It, it talks about like the land is desolate. It's very very close to being word for word, and so he's saying that this is part of the prophecy that this man has come to Israel. Now, the things that are happening in 1967, there's another guy that goes to Israel, finds the original city of Jerusalem, 1867, by the way. I keep saying 1967. That makes more sense. I thought Mark Twain was really old. Yeah. Um, He was old, but not that old. 1867. Yeah, yeah. fair. So, the the guy finds the city of Jerusalem. At the same time... Jerusalem is now being sold back to Jews by the uh, empire that is controlling it at the time. And it essentially, the oracle tells this person that this is the year of the Jubilee. And then it goes back to mm. 1817, and some other stuff's happening. And so the return of Israel to the Jews, which happens every 50th year. Sure. Um we should maybe briefly unpack the year of the Jubilee for listeners who may not know what that is. How would you, in two sentences, explain the year of the Jubilee? The year of the Jubilee in a little bit more than two sentences. That's uh, fair, because it's really hard to put that in two sentences. Basically, every seven years, uh, a, a land that has been like loaned out or taken by somebody else is going to be returned to its Jewish owner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then every... So 7 times 7 is 49. The 50th year, the year after 49, after 7 Jubilees, is like a special, bigger year. It's like... Sometimes it's not completely returned in the 7 years. And then finally in the 50th year, it is final. It has been done. So... To summarize this in modern terminology, basically every 50 years, everybody's debt was wiped clean. Yes. Everybody started fresh. Yes. If you owed something, you didn't owe it anymore. And if somebody had claimed your inheritance as a result of whatever, like you fell on hard times and you needed a loan and so now they're claiming your your property or what have you, you got it back. Exactly. It was all reset. Kind of like the end of Fight Club. I really... And after this podcast, you're going to find out that Joe is my Tyler Durden and that I blow my brain, my, the side of my face off. This is true. And Marlo Singer will walk up and... <laughs> and Brandon will say, I met you at a very strange time in my life. Oh... <laughs> uh. uh. Anyways, as you can tell, we get off track frequently. So if that bothers you, 
this may not be your podcast. Yeah, there's plenty of other ones out there. <laughs> there's there's one million podcasts. Uh, uh, so can yeah, so you, you you got me thinking about some stuff that we had talked about previously, but I want you to finish your thoughts first before I circle back to something that we've talked about before. So I've been doing my due diligence. I, I don't want to just take some potentially crackpot author. Now he's re- renowned like in the biblical community, so he's he's got some credentials. But I'm still not just going to take that at face value. You shouldn't, because this this stuff is just out there, borderline cult. It is. <laughs> so I'm looking into you know. When did Mark Twain travel to Europe? What, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to fact check this. Fact right? check that mofo. Man, y'all need to be fact checking people on the internet. If you don't fact Real check, talk. this probably isn't the podcast for you. Uh, no. Or we'll do it for you. We'll we, do it. We, we, we will we fact might, check for we you. We might fact check things for you. I will. I will definitely yeah. be fact checking for We're all We're probably of not going to fact check your bullshit conspiracy about the COVID shit though like yeah I'm probably... there's enough people doing that it's not it's not that we do or don't agree with you it's just that like it's been done and if I don't like I'm not gonna if you send me something to fact check I don't care about what you want to know about like we're talking about what we're experiencing in our life currently correct correct this is true so back to now that we've lost all of our listeners because they're like what you're not gonna agree with me all the time <laughs> fuck you guys sorry we're not your podcast. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking into what happened in 1967. Was the original city of Jerusalem found? All these things. When did Jerusalem start getting returned to the Jews? When did Jerusalem become a nation? Which is like the mid-1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, Post-World War II. Yeah. That, that was how Britain made amends for... World War Two. They're like, have your land back. And so that's where, so up until I look at when Israel's become a nation, everything's kind of lining up with what this book is talking about okay. as far as the year of the Jubilee. That's interesting. It is really interesting. And this is, and this is where it gets back to what we've been talking about so much of balance and where things could be right, where things maybe are right, mm-hmm. um, where things might be right and wrong at the same time, because the return, of, the Israel becoming a nation, does not happen in a year of jubilee or anywhere near a year of jubilee. But like the original start of the return happens in nineteen eighteen sixty seven. And so this, this this is what me and Joe have been talking about is this 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 dance between legalism and um, yeah Armenianism yeah may, maybe maybe I don't know if Armenianism is the right brand uh, I don't know if there is a brand so no, there, there there is a <clears throat> it's on the tip of my tongue it starts with an S. While Brandon's pondering. Yeah. So, let me bring you back, listeners, or listener, or nobody. To what has basically started this podcast. To previous conversations that led to the moment of Brandon and I 
sitting in the Honda dropping some rants on you. Some very unpolished rants. Uh, I had an experience about six years ago where, and this really kind of comes full circle. We tend to do this. My attachment to my theology that I had been taught was causing me misery and depression. I had some fixed ideas about the way the world worked. And I started having experiences that conflicted with my ideology. I started to become aware of something called cognitive dissonance. And it is, if you don't know what I'm talking about, really uncomfortable when you realize that your operating system is complete horseshit and needs to just be scrapped and thrown away, right? Um, and what I started to see is that my theology was a golden calf. I didn't worship God. What is a golden calf? Yeah, okay, so for those of you that didn't pick up that reference, one of the, one of the pivotal moments of the Old Testament and the Exodus narrative is Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, right? Mount Sinai. Yeah. He's getting the Ten Commandments. The cloud is formed. God is speaking. And nobody at this point in the history of humanity has been in communion this closely with God. And he's the leader of the Israelites, and he's, gonna, he's led them out of bondage, and now he's leading them to the promised land. And down below, the Israelites are, Joe, paraphrase, like, yo, this is taking too long. Aaron, can you hook us up with something to worship? <laughs> Aaron is Moses' brother. Aaron is the chief priest. Can we give you all our gold? Can you melt it down and make a calf? We'll just worship the calf. The calf will keep us safe. The calf will protect us from the the Moabites and the Midianites. So we'll just worship the calf. And Aaron's like, no, nah, we better not do that. And they're like, you better do that, bro. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. I don't want to piss off my brother. Bro, we'll kill you <laughs> or you'll make the fucking calf. All right, you got yourself a deal. I will make you the calf. No problem. Making the calf now. So Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments. A lot of y'all don't know that Moses actually gets the Ten Commandments twice. This is why Moses gets the Ten Commandments twice. He comes on down from the mountain. He's all excited. He's like, y'all, we got a covenant. I'm stoked. What the fuck are you doing with a golden calf? <laughs> We just, we got a covenant. We're supposed to serve God and y'all. Oh, man. God, I don't know what to do with these people. God's like, kill them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Slow down. My brother's one of these people. All right, we won't kill them all. We'll just kill all the ones that were old enough to know that they were being stupid. <laughs> and that, my friends, is why... The Israelites spend another 40 years in the desert because of the gold calf. I mean, there's other stuff too. 
Y'all can y'all be like, I'm gonna fact check you. Oh, that wasn't perfectly paraphrased. They're not. They're not gonna fact check. No, us. You're nobody right. fact checks. That's true. That's why we're it's here. It's 2021. You're right. Nobody fact checks. If people fact checked, there would be different people in office. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I realized my theology was a golden calf. It was a false idol. And I worshipped my theology instead of the thing that I call God. And so, to people that may be more in the spiritual side of things rather than the religious side of things, theology is basically just your understanding of how the spiritual world works. Is that correct? Uh, I would say that's fair. Like... The, the, I mean, the technical definition is the study of God, right? Nobody cares about the technical definition. But, like, the, the technical definition lends us to what we're talking about, right? It's, it's like the people build a theology by reflecting on their experience and then trying to codify it, right? Right. Trying to create sense out of their experiences. And, and this is what... Kierkegaard's talking about is like we spend all our time trying to codify our experience and define our experience and in the process we lose the experience yeah we make our experience some abstract thing that's outside of ourselves which brings us to Eckhart Tolle another person (laughs) y'all and your cult of Tolle I just read all Uh, the cult books and take what I Take what is enjoyable for me and leave the rest. Okay. If Toll wrote a book about bibliomancy, legit cult. I mean, kind of. New Earth is I, basically know, bibliomancy. You said it. I mean, it's look. Cults have done the world some good sometimes. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you go by the technical definition of a cult, most Facebook groups and hashtags are cults. You're probably right. It could be worse. Or it is worse. I mean, it's just the extremist stuff that ends up bad, which is the same with most religions. That's fair. So. Yeah. Point. So So now. (laughs) Basically, the thing that has brought us to this point of, of feeling like it would be hopefully beneficial for us to share... Our, our thoughts and experience is this difference between legalism and worshiping the golden calf. Yeah, like the so one book that really kind of shaped uh, my experience as I was reassessing things is uh, Eric Fromm psychoanalyst from the 70s wrote a book called to have or to be and he talks about two modes of existence the mode of being and the mode of having let's not jump too far into anything else i'm covering what you're covering though right i i know but i just don't want to i just don't want to dry anybody out i'm not 30 seconds keep going okay so the whole premise is the legalism, right, or the golden calf experience is is the faith of having. It's I'm possessing my ideas and they're providing me security. That's the idea. That's 
a false idea, but yeah, that's the yeah, idea, yeah, yeah. right? And then there's faith in the mode of being, and that is where it's an experience, and it's a dance, like we started talking about. God blesses you. Yeah, definitely golden calf and legalism are not opposites in the way that you just expressed it. And I can't express the way that I was thinking about it. Um, I'm not sure it was uh, logical in any way. So, um, the other word's still on the tip of my tongue, but, like, it's not coming. I was hoping if I just stopped thinking about it for a little bit, like... It's that's not supposed to come back to me, right? I mean, I mean, it'll probably happen next week or month or whenever we do episode two. A, and I think that we have reached a decent stopping point at this point. Um, yeah, that's fair. I mean, to summarize, we talked about how attachment to our identities creates sickness and despair and anxiety. We talked about how there's a freedom in that, that that can be found in that in some type of a spiritual solution but that that spiritual thing is not a specific dogma <clears throat> or a specific belief system, right? Um, I think we've laid good groundwork to, to help our listeners see that like we spend a lot of time asking ourselves and asking others questions about how do we stay in that sweet spot where we're like we're not completely like thrown off into the wind but yet we're not held captive by our own fucking ideas and that was so all said all I'm going to say is join us next week as we continue to unpack this uh, gigantic mess of reality and uh things that are unseen this has been 90 percent nothing you're welcome